Welcome to The Wind Down, an afternoon podcast where two techie blokes sit down over a bowl of wine and chat about what's happening in the world of tech. Enjoy while Scott and Nick open up about their week in technology. Well, hello and welcome back to The Wind Down. My name's Nick Beaujard and with me I've got... Scott. Hey, and today is our 21st episode of the Weekly Wind Down. Yay! Yay for us. So, Scott, where are we? What are we not drinking to celebrate (laughs) our 21st? We're we're not drinking just yet. Uh, We are back in our office, uh, just because all the gear happens to be set up here, and inherently we're a bit lazy. So, uh, but... Speak for yourself. (laughs) (laughs) It's our own, I suppose. We actually have a nice little bottle of champers. Oh, nice. And I thought I'd... um, well, actually, no, I can't. Actually, I can call this uh, Champus. It's uh, French. Um, champagne being a trademark of, uh, of France. Yes, the enough. Champagne region. Yeah, it must come champagne from region. Yeah, region. Yeah, yeah. Otherwise, it's just Method Champenoise. Uh, or uh, was it uh, Australian White Sparkling? Yeah, Australian White Sparkling. Oh. That will do. Bubbles. Yes. Um, so um, this bottle was actually interesting in that uh, we tried its, I'll, I'll say its cousin, Mm-hmm. Uh, although really, it's probably its stepbrother or stepsister. Um, it, the previous vintage of this, and it's not actually a vintage; it's because it hasn't got a year. It's um, it's just a, it's a Baron de Rothberg uh, uh, wine, and um, it actually mimicked Verve, as, as in Verve Clicker. A Verve, a Verve Clicker. Yeah. yeah, it actually tasted a lot like that. It was like, oh, that's really interesting. So we actually thought that wow, that's and it's and. Strangely enough, it was like twenty dollars or something like that. We thought, oh, wow, that's that's someone's in trouble now. <laughs> so um, we bought a case of that, and only to find out that the didn't taste like Verve anymore. No, it didn't. So it was actually the next production run that we had that came out of the uh, out of the winery, and uh, lo and behold, it just doesn't taste like Verve anymore. So I don't know what's going on there. Oh well, never mind. Anyway, champagne. Anyway, champagne. Yes. So, Scott, we just spent a three-part series talking about Wi-Fi. We're going to continue on the network vein. Yes, on the wireless vein. On the wireless vein. Well, actually, oh. true wireless in this context. I Excellent. So, so you know, all of this stuff we're talking about primarily is used to deliver this thing called, with a capital I, the internet. The internet. Actually, um, it's no longer with a capital I. Oh, get out of here. The I always, I had to do an exam yes, saying it was yes, capital I. It, it used to be. And yep. the uh, Collins, no, Oxford, um, they've actually declared that it is such prevalent use now. It is no longer a capitalized noun. It is a lowercase well, I for internet. Internet, lowercase, used to be your internal internet. And yes. internet, capital I, used to be the internet. But they've changed all that. They have. That's awesome. So now we're off traffic. Um, so so anyway, but but the the internet's something that it's, it's a global tool. People are now saying it's a right. You have a right to access. They have Ooh. a right to power and fresh water. You should have a right to internet access. So it's a global tool, but it's not everywhere, is it? it it's not everywhere just yet. Okay, so soon to be. Soon to be. Well, we're going to talk about that in this session. So here in Australia, um, we've got. <laughs> and we're not going to, one day we'll do one on the NBN, but we're not going to talk too much about the Australia's national broadband network, because it was not necessarily the most successful broadband network Look, in the world. It got a little bit politicised on the way through. I think as for a lot of good intentions, plus politics equals average outcome. Uh, maybe, I don't know. It's a, it, it's getting there. I do like the idea of where it was supposed to be heading, but look, let's... let's take that step aside so so it's it's a mix they've got the multi-technology mix now i know yes. at home i have fiber all the way into my home fiber you do to the premise you, 
and a pack. The node. Yes. There's always a bit of fiber there, isn't there? Even if and they're really doing it with copper. Yes. Uh, but there's people who don't have a cable connection at all, do they? That, that's right. So you've also, well, you've got um, HFC, the hybrid fiber coax uh, yeah, connection, yeah, which the, is the, using the old cable TV last year. Cable TV thing, yep. yeah. Uh, but then you've got uh, Wi-Fi, which is point-to-point wireless. Right. Where, um, or I should say point-to-multipoint, I think, in a lot of cases, where you're actually using a, a dish on a roof on a premises and pointing it out to a tower somewhere where you've actually got line of sight, usually line of sight Wi-Fi. Yep, okay. Um, that's a, p- a percentage of the population there, and that, that's good because it actually gets you coverage where there's no cabling or yep. no fibre in the ground. Understood. But but we've also got we've also got um, um, satellite, haven't we? Then there's satellite. So when you start to get to places like uh, regional, rural Australia, where it's not just... Uh, not just that the uh, that the fiber is not close, and someone's put a, a, a fiber a, a Wi-Fi tower up to be able to do that. We've actually gone to the next stage of there's no fiber nearby, there's no copper nearby, there's no Wi-Fi nearby, there's nothing there. There's no power. It's just a no. tent in the middle of the desert, and then we can deliver something using so, satellite. Yeah, so we're using satellites. So um, NBN has gone with uh, the the SkyMaster satellites. There's two of them. Yep. They sit in orbit, and you basically point a dish up, and you get wi- um, a wireless internet signal are they geostationary or do they they are geostationary just so they're so they're quite high they're geostationary is a long way above the earth they're about thirty six thousand odd kilometers up in the sky wow now if i remember my maths correctly radio waves travel at roughly the speed of light depending on the medium they're traveling through that's true depending on what they're traveling through um and so that's three times ten to the eight meters per second yes um and going that kind of distance takes some time it it does measurable time it does and if you think about this we're using satellite or satellites plan for about a hundred thousand businesses we're about one and a half percent of the population as far as the target nbn goes wow that's that's quite a lot to be using something with that high latency well you've got some islands as well like you know cocos keeling christmas island that's and this is how satellite has been uh, how internet has been delivered to those islands i always thought satellite was traditionally high latency and and by high latency i mean you send some data it's got to go all the way up to the satellite it does and it's got to come all the way back down and the laws of physics say that won't happen instantly and that's sometimes 300 400 milliseconds a good trip is about 300 milliseconds up and then 300 milliseconds back down for the response and and that's for geostationary satellites like skymaster yes wow um, but it's traditionally low speed as well. So uh, the current NBN satellite plans are either 12 meg down, 1 meg up, or uh, 25 meg down, 5 meg up. But you oh, don't really get all of that. And it is contended. Because I can tell you that for $100 dollars a month or whatever it is, that doesn't actually cover the cost of a dedicated 12 meg down, 1 meg up satellite. So it's expensive too? Yes. Okay. So they're 36,000 Ks in orbit. They are. There's two satellites... Now, the bandwidth to those satellites, (laughs) what they're capable in total is... Both of them is about 135 gigabits per second, full capacity, like flat track. Okay, so divide that by 100,000, and you've got 1.35 megabits per second. Assuming everyone was transmitting at the same time. Look, it's actually not that bad, because contention says uh, you're never going to have everyone transmitting at the same time, so you've always got other capacity available. Unless unless we decide we're all going to stream... 
I, I don't know. I don't know. Some Netflix, some mo- Netflix all at the same time, or we four K Netflix stream, or, or we want to all watch a stream of Scott Morrison announcing a new telehealth program over the NBN or some such thing. Well, you mean in the regional areas where they're likely to actually watch that sort of thing for the no, where know. the satellite I is? I don't know. Maybe, yeah. but no, yes. this, well, this is it. It's, it's where when you get those sorts of things, some of the areas that are serviced by satellite are the ones, ones most likely to be using the, the higher capacity. Yeah. So let's uh, let's talk a little bit okay. about latency because latency, latency. I, I think people don't understand the difference between bandwidth and latency. Right. You can have a high latency connection with enormous bandwidth. Yes. You can have a low latency connection with almost no bandwidth and both of them are bad. Yes. But they're bad for different things. So think about this. Um, if I were to send a package mm-hmm. to let's say uh to, to trevor who we know who is in melbourne and yep. we, we are here in sydney i could put that on a plane yep and that plane would hold so many packages which would be the capacity and the plane goes really fast in theory yes. yeah okay or i could stick it on a camel yep or on a like let's just say a a, a big truck that a camel is pulling and I know that in five days, the camel's going to get to the other end. Yep. But there's a lot of capacity in there. Okay. But yep. it's really slow to get to the other end, and it's really slow to come back. Okay. So a plane, because it's expensive, has low carrying capacity, but it's low latency because it's quicker. Yeah. Low latency. Low latency. And, and your camel, which apparently can carry more than a plane. We're just going <laughs> to... I'm going to let this well, I'll let this one flow all the way through, Scott. Um, um, the camel's worse. So, so yes. <laughs> but they're worse for different things. They are. So we, we did an experiment when I used to do some work in South Africa, mm. where we sent data from South Africa to Namibia mm. over the telecom network. Ah, yes. And yes. then we sent the same amount of data in the mail on a USB stick. Right. And the USB stick got there first. Yes. Because the bandwidth was so small. Yes. Although there wasn't much latency on the line, it was hard to fit a football down a garden hose. So that means if you're streaming, you don't really care about latency, you care about bandwidth, that, right? right. I, I think your analogy is better, by the way. Okay. <laughs> you, you don't, you don't, if you're watching TV online, you don't care if that's 10 minutes later than it was broadcast. That's irrelevant. That's right. But if you're trying to have a video conference... Oh, absolutely. Uh, uh, you know, people will notice a just over a 200 millisecond delay. They'll get annoyed with a 600 millisecond delay and a 1,000 millisecond delay will just wind them up totally. Yes. Same if you're doing remote control of a screen. Same if you're playing games. Yes. So anything that requires you to interact with the person on the other end of the line, big latency is no good. Anything is you consuming content or uploading something to a web server, and that's mm. fine. Latency doesn't matter. Bandwidth matters. So that's kind of... Does that work as a difference yeah, between yeah. the two? Yeah. Better than the camel and the plane? Uh, uh, perhaps. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> cool. cool. So, Skymaster, we're kind of saying not great bandwidth and really painful latency. Yes, but that is satellite. And it's not saying that there's different brands that will be better. That This is the, the physics that are involved. You kind of it, change the laws of physics, Jim. That, that's right. <laughs> hey, oh, I wondered oh. when I get that in. It is the 21st episode. I could do stuff like that. Uh, so we've got a laws of physics yeah. issue. We and can't break the speed of light yet. Yeah, yeah that's right. Yeah, I don't, don't think you're allowed these, to. These are global issues. So yeah. every every country's got this. Every provider's got this. If you're using satellite, it is what it is. But, but you know, we've, we've taken these SkyMaster satellites. So satellites traditionally been very expensive, very big, very hard to put somewhere. We stick them in geostationary orbit yes. so they don't move. So I can only, put, only need to put a couple up and I can cover Australia. 
um, but they're really high and they the latency is really high. There's something else where the International Space Station's in something called low Earth orbit. L-E-O, low Earth orbit. Okay. This is very interesting. Now, is anybody doing internet stuff in low Earth orbit? Funny you should mention that. Oh, yeah, so I've got okay. notes in front of me. Scott. <laughs> it's not hard to work out what we're going to say next, is it? <laughs> so, um, uh, SpaceX, which is the, the Elon Musk... Um, uh, Rocket ships going just up. Just tied for second richest person in the world. He just tied with Bill Gates. That's interesting. Yes, there you go. Oh. Yes. Oh, there you go. Um, they've actually um, created a company called Starlink. Mm -hmm. And what they're doing is they're putting satellites up into low Earth orbit, which is, in their case, 550 kilometers up in the atmosphere. Okay, so so let's compare this. We were talking about sky must have been 36,000 kilometers yes. up. And these are just 550 kilometers up. That's right. Now, wow. now, when you think about that, there's some good and bad points about this. If you think that here's, here's the Earth and you've got these satellites 36,000 kilometers up, they can see a lot from that height. Yep. So they've got a lot of coverage distance. They do, but it's still only an eighth of the distance from Sydney to Perth. Correct. Look at me go. That's <laughs> not bad mental arithmetic for today, is it? Sorry, you're saying the distance from Sydney to Perth, eight times that distance is where the satellite is no, up in the sky. No, no the, the distance from Sydney to Perth is like 4,000 kilometres, isn't it? So about eight times that. So, well, 550 kilometres versus oh, 4,000. Okay. It's an eighth of it. Sorry, I'm talking about the uh, the NBN satellite. Oh, no, I'm uh, talking uh, about yeah, the okay. SpaceX this, ones. This is so. good. We can do math. <laughs> So if you think about the, the NBN with the SkyMaster, there's two satellites 36,000 kilometres up. They yep. can see a lot of the country oh, from yes. up there, and that's why there's two of them covering the whole country. Yep. When you get to 550 kilometres up, you can't cover that entire country area just from there very effectively. Okay. So you're going to need more sats. You need more satellites, but because they're closer to the ground, the latency problem is addressed in a big way. Wow. Oh, boy, you can, you can tell. 550k versus 36,000. Yeah, it's about it's, 70 times better. Yeah. Okay, okay. We, we like 70 times better. That's yes. that's cool. So what, what we had been seeing was about 600 milliseconds in latency going to the satellite and so forth. Yep. Uh, comes down to about 30 to 35 milliseconds or so. That's cool. But we need more satellites, don't we? We need more satellites. We need a lot more satellites. So what's happened so far is, uh, and this was, there's a, there's a bit behind this, because this isn't just let's put some satellites in orbit. This is actually creating commercial workloads to support launching the rockets. Yep. Okay. Uh, otherwise, the rockets would be going up and they go, well, that's good, but no one's paying us to send rockets up with mm. nothing in it. So this is actually a business model to support needing the rockets, which actually funds other programs and so forth. Wow. Cool. Having said that, uh, they've had about 1,440 uh, by the end of, which is end of next year, 1,440 satellites will be in orbit, in low Earth orbit. Right. Uh, in various places around the globe. But they've got way more approved, haven't they? They've had 12,000 approved so far. Whoa. And they've asked for another 30,000. That's a lot of satellites. That's a lot of, and look, it's a lot of, I'll say space junk. It's not, it's not junk, but that's a lot of stuff floating around up there. And keep in mind, these um, uh, uh, Starlink's not the first company to send something into orbit. No, no, there's lots of stuff up there. There's, there's even, if, I don't know if you've played um, Kerbal Space Program, but there's a thing called the Kessler Syndrome, where when you have one satellite that, say, hits another one and they expose explode into space debris, there is the possibility that that will create a cascading ripple effect and then we'll never be able to leave the surface of the planet again. 
There you go. There I did go. not know that. Yeah, there we go. And so probably we'll never come across it again. Anyway. Yeah, let's not do that anyway. <laughs> so, so, but the so but the uh, they're sending up sixty at a time. Yep, in those rockets. And there was a launch just back a couple of weeks on the twenty fifth of November. There wasn't was. There? Uh, there, well, there's actually one. Yeah, the twenty fifth of November being yeah, a couple of weeks ago. Right. Yes. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, in uh, so in those connections, we're seeing the initial test connections are about one hundred and fifty megabits per second download speed at say you know thirty you know thirty plus milliseconds latency. Okay, so we're comparing that for twenty five megabits to one hundred and fifty megabits with latency way down. So bandwidth's yes. gone up, latency's gone down. Both tick, tick, good things. All of a sudden, it's a viable option. Yep. Cool. And uh, yeah, so it's it's quite interesting to see where this is sitting. Now, there's actually not quite enough satellites up there yet. This is very early days. Yep. Um, the satellites are not geostationary. No. Me- meaning moving. that they you'll never have the same satellite above you continuously. They, they do move around. But having said that, when you connect to one and you get out of range, you then connect to the next one. Sure. There's not enough of them yet to really provide seamless coverage everywhere. That's okay. But they're going to get that, right? They're this getting that. They're getting this. Yeah. Is, this is work in progress. Uh, but it's very interesting what they've done, what they've achieved so far. That is interesting, but they're going into space is big. Yes. It's, actually, if you listen to the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, it's very big. I, that's a but, big observation. But Earth orbit isn't so big. So what? Yeah. What? there's lots of stuff up there, right? For everything yeah. from Apollo bits to oh, sputnik bit. Uh, Sputnik so, burnt up, but there's all sorts of junk up there. So we actually worked out... Uh, look, and the, the numbers are varied depending on what you call an object. Okay, um, so they're not counting the flex of paint traveling at 30,000 kilometers no, no. a second, which would... But I've seen there's actually about 25,000 inactive objects floating around wow. out in space. There's actually upwards of 500,000 objects less than 10 centimeters across. Well, but these things are going super fast, right? An impact oh, from sure. one of those is is huge. Yeah, and look, and this is um, even with the, um, the the Starlink satellites. The idea is that they only have a lifespan of so long. They're about two hundred and sixty odd kilograms or something each. They're mass produced and very cost effective. Run out of fuel, and they're going to sit up there. Well, actually, no, they're not because ah. now you. It's a bit like when you um you want to um do some landscaping or build a new house. You've actually got to have a plan that says, what are you going to do with the old stuff that's on the site? How sure. are you going to environmentally friendly remove it? Oh, so they're going to deorbit them at the end of their life and burn them up so, in the atmosphere. Yeah, the idea is these are cheap. Get them up there, use them when their lifespan runs out. I don't know what that lifespan is, but when the lifespan runs out, turn them off and just let them sit back into the atmosphere and drop down and eventually they'll just burn up in the atmosphere and they're done. Cool. Awesome. So... Is anybody, is any international group looking after this kind of stuff? So, I, I didn't know this. I actually found the United Nations have an Office for Outer Space Affairs. Well, America's got Space Force. Well, I don't see yep. there's a problem with that. Uh, something I don't think it's the same thing. But <laughs> they actually have a register online, and they are tracking, at the moment, 10,093 items, including what country sent them up and what the... Uh, the, the declared use was at the time. Okay, yeah. So we won't we won't go into all that horrible oh, science yes. military stuff. But um, I guess there's there's two parts. That one says that oh look, someone's actually you have to it's like you have to put an application. You know, I'm going to do this and I'm going to send this thing up and I say okay, we'll add you to the register. The other yep. thing is, if you don't say where it's going to be used for, who knows what you're doing? Or it assumes that everyone actually lists. Yeah. So, so you know, 150 mags, 30 yep. milliseconds latency, not for me, right? I've right. got 5G if I'm near that, or I've got fiber into my home, which is running at a gig, a gig. Yes. So who's going to use it, Scott? 
Okay. So if you've got, um, let's just say, you, you're going to have, of course, your residential and business areas that traditionally haven't got the coverage. Yep. Uh, and those areas, for example, in regional Australia that were trying to do, let's say, telemedicine or something like that, yep. that really haven't got that good satellite coverage, all of a sudden have got access to these sorts of speeds. You've also got the next stage of this being other countries that have traditionally not got the infrastructure in place. Oh, so Africa and bits of yeah. you know, Look, d- develop, developing countries. Like we, yeah. we used to have um, uh, one of our sales guys uh, used to go to Nepal a lot. Yep. And just liked it over there. And every now and then he'd actually take some Wi-Fi gear over there because there was no fibre. Sure. And you'd find that the, this hill would have a little village somewhere on it and they'd want to talk to that village over there and there's no copper, there's no fibre, there's no anything. So they'd actually go and put a couple of Wi-Fi units in beam them across and start yep. building networks that way. So so also US regions because the yes. US is big. Um, the, the US actually has terrible internet outside the major cities. I mean, we, we sort of hear that, look, it's, you know, it's cheap, it's fast, it's whatever. It, it is depending on where you are. But as soon as you get into the regional US, it is atrocious. Okay, because everything's driven by money there. There's it, no... It is. Let's do and things for the betterment of our society it, stuff. And in fact, that's how Starlink are getting access to fund a lot of this through funding for the US regional areas from the government. Uh-huh. Yes, to deliver that. Now, now, but it's not just residential. People can start building corporate networks over this, can't they? And yes, that gets quite interesting. It, it does. So, look, here's, here's where this is heading. Let's say that you've got a, a site in Sydney and a site in London. Now, traditionally over you know, fibre, um, that is about a 300 millisecond round trip yep. time, give or take. And look, it, it is what it is. We're, again, the laws of physics. Um, what we're seeing, though, and this is based on where the fibre runs, um, you can actually, for example send a signal up to your low earth orbit satellite the satellite then via laser talks to another satellite which talks to another satellite and very quickly beams a service down to the other end okay because it doesn't have to do full and even if it did full curvature of the earth it's going absolutely straight line whereas yes. when we run fiber we've got to go around bays and valleys yeah, and you, cross oceans yeah. and and so that's uh, and the other thing is, if you're thinking about how do I run fibre, I've got to go and dig a trench, put the fibre in, whatever else. Well, here, let's say I want to link from here to London. Yep. And I say, hey, London, stick this dish on your roof. We're going to put a dish on the roof, and a few hours later, you've actually got a dedicated link going back at low latency. So that's very cool. That's yes. that's very and cool. It bypasses all the carrier networks. Oh, they're not going to like that, are they? So. Could you think of any other companies that are producing, uh, that have global cloud offerings and global services that would actually think, well, yeah, this wouldn't be too hard to put a few satellites up there and all of a sudden become our own telecommunications carrier? So we're watching guys like Microsoft think about doing oh, this? That's an interesting name you've mentioned. Maybe guys like Amazon oh, thinking, thinking yeah. of doing this. Maybe, yeah, okay. So And all of a sudden, they're not beholden to the underlying telcos that are saying, you want to have connectivity in this part of the country. Yeah, it's going to cost you a bum. Yeah, yeah but, it, but it's not because I'm now running my own satellite. Yeah, just put a few satellites up in all, but how hard could it be? Cool. So that's... There is a bit to it, by the way. (laughs) That's space and that's the Earth. Yes. Right? But we need networks in other places. Let's do. Can we put a network somewhere else? We can. This this is very interesting. I just came out of the blue. But um, So NASA's got a a moon launch um, planned for 2024. They do. Uh, And Nokia uh, just recently was awarded a US $14.4 million contract to put 4G on the moon. Wow. 
Is that because their fans are indestructible? I've got to ask. <laughs> That's, that must be the black hole in the network. Where it's, yeah. No, so they actually worked out if they can get 4G. 4G is quite a robust technology. The speeds are pretty good. Um, and they've, they've said, if, look, if we can put some towers in various places on the moon, then as the astronauts go off to explore and do their other things, they can just communicate using 4G technology, commonly available. Wow, cheap. Effective, yeah. easy to fix. We know if how it works. And if you're thinking about it, look, $14.4 million for some base stations and a few other things, given that it's actually got to be assembled on the moon and whatever it's, else. It's got to be hardened for yeah, yeah, stuff, yeah. right? But, but that's that's not necessarily a, a, an enormous amount of money to set up an entire new telecommunications network in a place that's never had it before. It, it is very, very impressive and in a harsh environment like the moon. So yeah. that's kind of cool. It's not as if there's PowerPoints floating around you can just plug this stuff into and... So, so, so thinking of all this space networking, yes, which has been fascinating, Scott, and yeah. thank you for that. Is there any message you want to leave everybody? <laughs> uh, our, our driving message that uh, that sort of supports everything that we do. Don't forget to patch. Make sure everything's updated. <laughs> do your updates. Patch your infrastructure. And patch everything, even if it's on the moon. Yes. Um, <laughs> Scott, that was awesome. That was very interesting. Thank you for the wind down today. Thank you very much, Nick. Now, do remember, guys, if you want to subscribe, there's a link down there. Um, also, if you're listening to this, you can subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, wherever you get great podcasts. You can also watch us record this on YouTube or look at it on Facebook where we live stream. I hope you've enjoyed today's session. Thank you, Scott. Thank you, Nick. Thank you, everyone. Have a great day. See ya. Bye.